This episode is sponsored by Brooklyn Candle Studio. If you are like me and you love candles throughout your home just to give an extra sense of luxury and serenity and make me think that I'm at the spa when I'm not, um, then you're going to love this company. Brooklyn Candle Studio is female-owned and was founded by Tamara Main in 2013. Everything is made in Brooklyn and everything has a very luxurious feel to it. Um, The candles are 100% soy wax, plant-based and renewable. All the products are free from phthalates, parabens, sulfates, petroleum, and dyes. And all of the vessels that they come in can be reused and repurposed because they're so beautiful. Like you can just put Q-tips and leave it in your bathroom and it'll just be a nice addition to that. So if you want to check them out, please head on over to brooklyncandlestudio.com and use my code MOTHERHOOD20 to save. You're listening to the Motherhood to Unstress podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so glad that you're here, as always, and no doubt you are familiar with my guest this week. Yes, I am speaking with Riverdale actress Marisol Nichols, um, but we're not talking about being on set or acting or anything like that. We're talking about something much darker, but also something that I think we all need to pay attention to and have at the forefront of our minds, especially if we have young children who are accessing the internet. Now, Marisol has worked with former CIA, FBI, Green Berets, Navy SEALs, and current law enforcement to actively participate in sex trafficking stings, where she has been undercover, where she actually catches these criminals and liberates trafficked women and children. She also started the nonprofit Foundation for a Slavery-Free World, and their goal is to educate the public on the reality and the gravity of sex trafficking in the U.S. and abroad. I think a lot of us think that it's not a local problem. It's in big cities or overseas, but that's literally not the case. It is in your town, I guarantee it. So this episode is going to equip you with the eyes to see what's really going on and to not be afraid because as Marisol says, it's only when good people go into the dark and bring their own light that anything actually changes. Like the bad guys already know about all of this. So it's important that the good people know this and embody it. And then you can go out and protect your own children and those in your community just because you have the education on what to look for. So I'm honored to share Marisol's work with you. I hope that it opens your eyes. I hope that it invigorates you to join the fight to eradicate sex trafficking. Um, The world changes when good people band together, and that's exactly my hope for this episode. So thank you for sharing it out. Thank you for tuning in, and please enjoy this episode with actress Marisol Nichols. Well, hello, Marisol. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I mean, I think the question on on everyone's minds is how does a famous actress uh, transform into what's known as the Hollywood vigilante teaming up with Tim Ballard and helping children escape um, sex slavery? Uh, it is definitely like the million dollar question. Um, <laughs> I, um, I started learning about human trafficking uh, about 10 years ago. And I started hearing about um, something called the child sex trade. And I was like, wait, what? The what? The what? And that this existed now. And at the time, you know, my daughter was three and I, I, I just, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't 
I, I honestly, it, it kind of consumed me. Like it was hard for me to, to hear about anything else when you, I was starting to learn about child sex trafficking. And I was like, what the hell is this? And how does this exist? And so I started learning as much as I could. And I started diving in as much as I could. And I started meeting with different nonprofits that did things in the area. And I went, I met with, I went all the way to DC and I met with representatives and congressmen and senators and the DEA's office and state department, um, all the way to the white house, just hearing everyone's different take on it and what they were doing about it and what, you know, learning about the holes and what was needed. And, and then I was like, I realized, or I thought that like the only reason something like this is allowed to exist is because most, most, most people don't know about it. Mm. Most good people don't know about it. All the bad guys know all about it, but you know, parents, families, teachers, schools, and most normal people don't, this doesn't come up in day-to-day -day conversation. But I was like, if I don't, if these people don't know about it, nothing's ever going to get done about it. And so I started um, doing these events in Hollywood. And I was like, well, maybe if I invite a bunch of my celeb friends, then the press will come and then they can walk the red carpet and they could talk about trafficking as well. And I can start to get the word out and I can also educate them at the same time. Yeah. So then I brought different, you know, nonprofits and people that I met and had them come and speak. And I held what I called um, a human rights awards event and I awarded them. And then I got my um, different co-stars and stuff of mine to give the award. Right. So it was like an award ceremony and I got the press to come and we held it at, um, Eva Longoria's restaurant, Beso, like right in Hollywood, and it worked. Yeah. It was great. And then to make a very long story short, the second year, um, I needed a keynote speaker. I didn't have one. And by the way, I'm producing this by myself. I'm directing it. I'm writing it. I've wow. never done this. But I did it all from the viewpoint of if you're a raw person and you know nothing about this, how can I sort of teach everyone and have them learn about it but not overwhelm them and make it so dark that they'll never want to do anything about it or hear about it again. That was sort of the viewpoint I was going on. So anyway, I needed a, a keynote speaker and someone um, introduced me to Tim Ballard. And Tim, for the audience who doesn't know, um, he just left the CIA and he worked in Homeland Security um, under the CIA. And all he did for 12 years was head up the child sex crimes unit. And he would travel around the world sort of doing undercover stings and infiltrating these trafficking rings or what have you and rescue children. And so when I met him, I was like, oh my God, you're, you're who I've been looking for. Mm -hmm. Because the whole time I was like, who's getting the kids? Yeah. Because anyone helping them. And, um, and we hit it off immediately. And, and it was like my long lost brother. Um, and he would tell you the same thing. Like if you, if you ever talk to him or you go on pod, my podcast and you can hear him talk about it. And then one day he was like, um, we were on our way to Haiti. He asked me if I wanted to go with him on an op just to kind of observe. And I was like, yeah. And, um, and then he just asked me, do you want to go? Do you want to go undercover? And I was like, well, like now? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Like right now? And he's like, yeah. Oh my God. And he, and it was right then, he's like, okay, good, because we're landing at this airport, we're going to meet with this guy, he's an American citizen who travels around the world um, looking for these quote-unquote sex parties where they hold kids and stuff, and we're getting information, and this is your character, this is who you are, this is where we've been, and thank God I can improv. Right, I was, I was just like, thinking that. 
okay. And he gave me a baseball cap. We had a hidden camera and uh, tucked into the baseball cap. And I came up with some accents and there you go. And we just did wow. it. And that's how it, how it started. That first time, did it feel like you were really doing what you should be doing in that moment in your life, all of your skills culminating to this one moment where you had to make a yes or no decision. And then you said, yes, you know, it's like you were ready. And then how did it go? Did you feel like you did a good job? Like, did it feel natural almost? I mean, that one thing God was fairly easy because it was just talking, just talking. Yeah. Right. We're just trying to get information. I have no idea. Like, am I doing this right? Is this even right? Right. But I did so much research into this world that I, my definition of winging it really worked Yeah, because I sort of knew what buttons to push. And the first time that we really, really did like a huge operation, which we did in California, um, was Tim and I, we were playing a, a meth addicted mom and dad, essentially, um, pimping out my kids for three days in this town in small town in California and mm-hmm. add in Craigslist and 15 minutes. We had 35 appointments. It was insane. I think and, someone tuning into this right now would, would be surprised by that. A small town in California, you think again, it's in Haiti or it's in, yeah. you know, some Southeast Asian country. What was the one thing that really surprised you when you started really getting into this work? I was shocked at how I was shocked that it was everywhere. Yeah. Dude, this was everywhere. Like, I don't even understand. I didn't, under- the police were shocked that it was in their town that much. Wow. It was, you know, and, and I was shocked and I was shocked by the faces more than anything of the men that showed up mm. to the hotel room to have sex was what they thought was a nine-year-old and 12-year-old. I was shocked. I don't know what I expected. I expected a monster. Yeah. And they were normal, normal guys that you'd see every day. Yeah. Normal. I think that that key statement right there is what I really want to hit home to the listeners here today. It's that it's not, it's not a monster. It's someone who can portray themselves very well in society who's gotten through this and, and infiltrates seamlessly, right? We, I mean, we, we arrested pillars of the community. Like pillars of the community, fathers with kids coming from soccer games that they were coaching. Mm. Like mm-hmm. it was, it took me after, I think it was like three or four days we were holed up in this god awful motel. And I had three or four days of talking about Aviles and, you know, coming face to face with them and just like, I wanted to throw up. And it took me, you know, it took me a while. It's not like this is easy. Yeah. You know, I remember coming home and just hugging my kid. And just not understanding the mindset that you'd have to have to be able to do that to a innocent kid. And they were monsters. Don't get me wrong. These were actual monsters, but they don't look like it. And they don't yeah. talk like it. And they don't, they're like your everyday Joe. And it's, it was, that was probably the most shocking. I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect that. Yeah. You know? This episode is sponsored by Lunia. Lunia's mission is to elevate rest ever since it was founded in 2014 by Los Angeles native Ashley Merrill. 
Now, if that name rings a bell, there's a good reason because she has been on the show not once, but twice. The most recent episode, episode 245. Now, we talk all about motherhood and managing stress and running a business, but we also talk about her beautiful brand. Known for pioneering washable silk, they have since expanded into other signature fabrics like organic Pima and cozy cotton silk. Everything Lunia makes is designed to tangibly improve rest with products as functional as they are beautiful. Lunia maintains a painstaking attention to detail, quality, and construction because they see their pieces as the anti-old t-shirt. They are the uniform for those who share their belief that resting is the most important time of the day. So if you would like to get some Lunia apparel of your own, please use my code UNSTRESS20 to save at lunia.co. That's L-U-N-Y-A dot C-O. Yeah. So, so talking to that, speaking to that, um, when you do do these multiple day stings and you're taking on the emotions and you're even just exchanging energy with these people through communicating, even seeing their faces, how do you then rebound and go home and be a present loving mother with all of that darkness that you've just fought and dealt with? I mean, that's incredible. It's, um, thanks for asking that question, first of all, because that's exactly what it is. It's like, I'm exchanging all this energy. I'm in communication with, I'm touching, I'm talking, I'm, you know, yeah, there with this dark, 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 awful, awful stuff. And I go home and I remember the last one I did was in a foreign country and I can't really get into it because it's still sort of pending, but I was, I'm divorced. And I told my ex-husband, I was like, can you keep her for a couple of days? Like, I just need to. I needed to decompose. I needed to walk just outside and look around at normal people and normal, like, like at reality to sort of get myself back to, okay, my name is Marisol. I'm an actress. I live in Hollywood. These are my friends. This is the building. There's no one coming to come in and shoot me. There's no hidden, no one's held against their will here. It's okay. Like, I had to, I needed, I needed to, it still messes with me. Like, I'm still like, you know, I'll, I'll, someone will mention a country that I've gone to and they'll mention it as like a, uh, like a beach resort in that country. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, I have a completely different view of that fucking country. Right. Uh, So it still gets there, but I have to balance it because the whole reason I'm doing this is I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a better world for our future kids like these are like these are our future moms people that this is happening to and so I'm trying to make a world where our kids don't have to worry about who they're talking to on the internet I want I want a world back to when our kids could like go out and play until the streetlights came on and you don't have to worry like I would never in a million trillion years let my kid walk to school alone ever in a trillion years nowadays ever And growing up, that's, you did that all the time. Sure. That's the world we live in. Do you feel like the world has changed or that we're just now really bringing this to the forefront? Do you feel like there are, there are more incidences of human trafficking okay. and sex trafficking? Okay. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, it's changed. I mean, the birth of the internet changed everything. Mm. So it's not like there weren't, you know, you heard about pedophiles back, I don't know, let's say the 80s or whatever. But it wasn't like... You never heard the word sex trafficking. You never heard the word sex worker. 
You never let like having sex or sexualizing a child was taboo. Everyone that you saw in movies and, and in music were adults, right? It wasn't, you didn't see kids that much. And um, nowadays with the birth of the internet, and if you think about it, pornography, right, is, I don't, I don't know if you know this world at all, but back in the day, like you didn't have the internet. So if some guy wanted to watch porn, someone had to make it, someone had to put it into a theater, they had to get dressed, they had to put a hoodie on, they had to walk down the street, they had to sneak into the porn. I'm just know. thinking of Pee Wee Herman right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was a different scene. Yeah. And nowadays it's the click of a mouse. Yeah in their home, in their office. And that industry, you know, like I said, I've done the, like I'm continually researching. I'm continually getting information as it changes, but the most popular videos are rape videos. Mm. They're assault videos. They're kids, teens, young kids. Those are the popular search engine items. So you have a world now where, where people are watching this over and over and over all day long. They have access to this. And it, in my opinion, creates a customer. Yeah. Someone who's seeing this every single day. So then why not try? Why mm. not do it? You wouldn't have a sex trafficking industry if you didn't have customers. Right. It's supply and demand. So you wouldn't have kids being sold for sex if you weren't having people demanding it. Right. That's the, that's the insane part that you have to wrap your head around. Like, Jesus Christ. Right. And I was just listening to an interview and, and the person was saying that because, you know, the nature of humans, you can resell a human being. You can't resell a drug. Once you sell the drug, the drug is gone. But with human beings, you can sell them over and over and over again, especially if they're young. Um, and so it's terrifying to me as a mom. Um, and I think anyone tuning into this, it's mostly parents. We're listening to this and we're thinking, you know, oh, this is terrible. This is awful. But what can I really do? So yeah. can you speak to the listener? Like, we are all in this community. We're all a part of this world. We are the good people tuning in, wanting to learn more, like stepping into the darkness so that we can bring our own light. What can we do as a society, as a community to, to be able to look up, open our eyes to what's really going on so that if we see something, we can then do something about it. Because, you know, to know about it is not enough. Exactly. Um, well, I would say the first thing as a society you have to realize is there's you you may have known this campaign if you've, you've done some research and stuff, but there's no such thing as a child prostitute, period. So when you see a young girl on the streets walking, it's so easy to dismiss them and go, well, that's just, that's a child prostitute. That's a prostitute. No little girl <laughs> wants, wants to do this, wants to give blowjobs to strangers. This is not a choice. This is not her goal in life. Um, she's been controlled by uh, usually a male, um, much stronger physically than her. And if she doesn't do what he tells her to do, she will be beaten and she may be killed. And that's the reality of that, first of all. Second of all, as a parent, right, who may not see that stuff all the time or don't live in a big city or whatever, um, the internet right now and social media is the pedophile's playground. They are talking to your kids on every game imaginable on Roblox and Minecraft and, and even little, little, um, girly games, you know, like if you have, I had a little girl, right. And you, little girl, it's like a dress up game, right. You, you buy a dress and you dress it on your figure and you put, change the hairstyles and then they'll have a chat room. 
These mm. pedophiles know what the hell they're doing. So they'll go on these games. They download these games. And they're chatting to your kid. Sometimes they're, most of the time, they're pretending to be another kid. Other times they're just blatant and bold. Hey, how old are you? Are you home? Are your parents home? Do you still be their parents? Are you in school? Blah, 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 blah. They are talking. And so if you, you don't want your kids to learn about this world from anyone but you. So as a parent, you have to talk to your kids. And it's it can be a scary thing because you don't want to overwhelm or scare your kid, right? But you have to educate them in such a way that they'll know what to look for. Yeah. So some of the things that I did with my kid, I was like, look, honey, there are so many good people out there. So many good people. Most people are good, but there are a small percentage of them that are bad people that are bad guys. This is when she was younger. And you don't know what, you don't know which ones are which. So anyone who's going to ask you where you're from, where do you live? How old are you? What do you look like? Those are some of the things that these bad guys may ask. And so you don't want to do that. So when she was younger, she'd be like, I said, I live on Venus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So let's have another conversation because wouldn't a kids, would a kid say that? She's like, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, good. So anyone who's asking you that, let's not talk to them. Yeah. It says that it's a thing. I go, well, look, I want to show you something. You know, because they'll, they'll have a profile on some of these things, right? You can create a profile. So I said, so watch this. I'm going to create a profile right now on Facebook. And I go and I grab some, you know, I just searched. Um, I think I searched like 14-year-old boy. Google search. Good. Take a screenshot. There. There's my profile. Facebook. Add a new Facebook profile. Okay, good. Now here's my picture. Good. Now um, I want to know what 14-year-old boys do. Okay, good. So I'm going to Google that. Okay, good. So, okay, I'm on the soccer team and I this. And why don't I pick a town that I'm from? Okay, I'm from this town. And I add that. And I just showed her how easy it was to create anything you wanted. Right. And I just had to, and it was a, it was a constant conversation that we have. Constant conversation. Until now she, she doesn't even, not only that, she, ha- she educates her friends. Oh, good. Don't good. answer that person. Don't talk to that person. Um, and, I, and these are on expensive games too. She she has this game that she's on called uh, Children of the Night Sky. It's beautiful. It is a beautiful game. Like artists created this game. It is stunning. And it's so just a beautiful, magical world that they play in, right? And here these guys are. And sure enough, there's one or two of them that have gathered gather these other kids and they'll say things like call this woman actually says call me mommy wow it wants the other kids to call her mama mm-hmm. it wants them to send her pictures and all of these things and it, oh yeah this is everywhere and wow. video games and social media are their breeding ground their breeding ground and you have to talk to your kids yeah you have to it's almost like you're getting hit on all sides because yes, you do have the internet element, but then again, you have the small town element where it's like Joe, the soccer coach, who everyone thinks is a great guy is actually, you know, going after kids and touching kids inappropriately and not just like outright, but it's like insidious, you know, it's like, it's very quiet. Like, you know, they're the best at this. This is why they're good is because they are able to kind of sneak it in. Yeah. And so you for, I will say this, they look for vulnerable kids. Okay. They look for kids who feel alone. They look for kids that are not close to their parents. 
Mm. They don't talk to their parents because those are the easier ones to get, get to. If there's a parent around in any way, shape or form, like, oh, I have to ask my dad. It's done. They're out. Okay. They're looking for those vulnerable kids who are not having conversations, that are having problems at home, that are having trouble. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of my conversation. I had spoke to someone from Operation Underground Railroad a couple of years ago when I first started really researching and getting into this and was completely down the rabbit hole. And she said that, you know, if a kid runs away within 24 hours of being on the street, they will be approached by a trafficker, by a pimp, by someone who's going to financially benefit off of having them in their control. And that that shocked me because again, like going back to how we grew up, streetlights, bikes out all day, it wasn't, that wasn't the case. That was so different. And, and that's one generation. That's it. Isn't that crazy? One generation. Yeah. You can't like, you can't run away. You, you like, not that you could run away back then. That sounds silly, but you, you literally can't like in America, most of the kids that are trafficked are all American citizens. Right. And the runaways are foster care children. And then, of course, you always have the case where they're, you know, taken. And there's that as well. That does exist and and exists, but it's runaways. Foster care is easy targets. There's no no parent around looking for them. Mm, Period. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you suspect that there is a larger systemic thing going on, like with Child Protective Services, how they do remove kids, and then they don't know where the kids are? I mean, that's reported. There's there's tons of missing kids within Child Protective Services. Do you feel like there's some greater nefarious thing going on within our own systems. This episode of Motherhood Unstressed is sponsored by Sambacol. Fall is here and you know what that means. Cooler weather, layers, and of course the kids are back in school. Now with that comes the threat of illnesses. It's what we've all known since we've had them in daycare, right? Um, But Samacol offers a great way to support their immune systems. They have key vitamins like A, C, and E, and also a natural source of powerful antioxidants. So you're boosting that immune system and you're helping keep them healthy, even though they're back in the day-to-day, especially as the temperatures get cooler and sicknesses start to increase. Um, But Samacol is great because they have a lot of different products to help you get that black elderberry in your system. Uh, They have syrups, gummies, chewable tablets drink powders, capsules, and more. Our family loves the gummies, I have to say. I love them. They're sweet and tart, and I feel like it's a little treat in the middle of the day whenever I pop them in. And my kids do too. So it's easy to get them that immune boosting support that they need for the school year and beyond. Now, if you're tuning into this, you know I'm going to get you a good deal. You can get 15% off your next order of $9.99 or more at samicolusa.com and use my promo code MOTHERHOOD15 at checkout. That's 15% off your order of $9.99 or more at samicolusa.com using the code MOTHERHOOD15. What I can say about the system is, um, so John Ryan, who's the um, former CEO of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So for the audience, that's the milk box people. If you remember, you would, you would see missing, missing child on there. So that's that organization. He's a former CEO and he's also on my board of directors. And he actually passed a law, which is how I know about this, right? So in foster care, when you're a parent, uh, foster parent, you get paid from the government for taking in a foster kid. Well, that kid runs away. You don't get your paycheck. Mm. So these parents weren't weren't reporting it. Oh, uh, wow. So they passed, um, John Ryan worked and helped pass this law that made it mandatory 
for foster parents to report the kid missing. Now, does it always happen? Not by a mile. Mm. There's also not very good screening for foster parents at all. Like you'll, 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 Tim will tell you, but there's tons of arrests where the pedophiles were, were foster parents. Yeah. Literally like waiting for a kid that they can molest. Right. We need to change the entire system because it is a systemic, there's something vitally wrong with our system. And I don't know, I understand the idea of foster care and, and I, I implore more people to be a foster parent because they need good people doing it. But I don't think that we should have necessarily gotten rid of the entire orphanage right. system where kids could be with other kids as well. I don't know why we swapped one out for another. I don't know why we can't have both. Right. You now, um, because once that foster child goes into a stranger's home, they're gone. Right. So now it's up to the social worker, that caseworker, well, who knows how good that person is. Right. Or how many cases they have. Exactly. And it's, yeah. you know, we're failing our children. And I don't want to I don't want to harp on all the things that are wrong. I want to point out all the things that we need, which is more people caring, more people lending a voice like you're doing now, um, more people learning about this issue and, and coming up with bright ideas on how they can help. Because there's always this idea, well, someone's taking care of it. Right. Someone else is taking care of it. Well, that someone else is us. <laughs> someone else is <laughs> you and me and anyone else who looks in the mirror is like, I need to do something. What can yeah. I do? How can I learn? How can I help? What's needed? So that, that's also what I hope to inspire is people coming up with bright ideas because I don't have the answers. You know? mm. and that person doesn't have the answers and that person, but maybe collectively we can all come up with bright ideas and continue to, to, to help and come up with solutions. Yeah. And that's why I want to touch on your nonprofit foundation as well, Slavery Free World. Can you talk about that and what you guys aim to do in this next year? Thank you. Um, so yeah, so I formed my nonprofit um, called Foundation for a Slavery Free World, slaveryfreeworld.org. And um, I, I honestly formed it because I was, I was opening, I wanted more doors to open to me. I was learning so much. I was diving so deep. And I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be, I'm just going to say it. I don't know how a nice way to say it. So I'm just going to say it. I didn't want to be an, associated with actresses that just lend their name to a cause and don't really care. Let's be mm -hmm. honest. Um, and I, I didn't want that. I didn't want the pat on the head. Oh, nice little actress, Marisol Nichols. And look, she cares about this. And then she's going to go back to her normal life. It's like, no, 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 no. I really want to do something about this. So the way I could be taken seriously is I formed my own nonprofit, which was not easy, but I did it. And I was very proud of it. Um, so what we do, I mean, one of the things that we do is we, we, we produce the Marisol Nichols podcast. So we have our guests on there, my former partners um, and current partners, Tim Ballard, um, Sheriff Chris Swanson out of Michigan, a bunch of different law enforcement people, a bunch of different people from all walks, actually, in this thing. We've had survivors on there. Um, we have a wonderful representative from airline ambassadors that tells people what to look for on commercial airlines, mm -hmm. you know, like normal planes. Um, and it's there as an intention to educate and, and reach a very broad audience. So that's one of the things that we do. Um, we're also putting together a whole education packet so that people could come and just download it because I get that question. What can we do? Yeah. Or what can we do as a parent? Or how can I protect my teen? Or how can I protect myself? So we do that with the podcast and we talk about that a lot, but we're putting together a whole sort of curriculum that not only can be downloaded from people from the website, but also for teachers 
because yeah. I want teachers to be able to do this to their own classrooms yes. and educate them on this. And then we're also uh, putting together what's called a white paper, which is basically what we were, we have all these computer programmers working on this technology because there's no database for traffickers, believe it or not. So someone on my board is, uh, he's Lieutenant Mark Evans. He's the head of all of sex trafficking for the Los Angeles Police Department. And he explained to me, he's like, there's no database. So there's a, there's a gang database, right? For any gang member, they go into this database and all um, different police departments across the, across the United States can share and look and see and get information so that information is shared. But there's nothing like that for traffickers. Wow. Which is shocking because the main thing these guys do is they'll take, take the kid and then they'll travel from state to state to state to state to state. That's all they do. Right. And so without anyone sharing information, there's no hope for these guys to be tracked and caught. So it was one place that we saw that there was a hole that was needed uh, to give tools to law enforcement. So we're building that as well. That's incredible. That's incredible. You are literally changing the world in real time. How does that feel in your body? You have all these, you know, accolades to your acting work, but this is something drastically different. That's, that's leavening, like real change. How does that feel? Um, it's funny because I don't really focus on that. I focus on like, oh my God, there's so much to do. <laughs> it's, it's really there's so much to do. Um, I, you know, every once in a while I might, I might go like if, if I help rescue, like we, we did rescue, um, 27 women and girls, Venezuelan, mm. um, women and children from a recent op that I did. And that like, then, then I'll cry. Then I'll be happy. Then I'm like, oh my God, thank God. That that's when I'll pause a moment and be like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe this is happening. Um, but mainly I just keep my eye on like, there's so much to do. Um, and that's kind of what I, what I focus on. Wow. Wow. I can't believe it. We are almost to the end of time. Marisol, if you have any, I know if you have any lasting message or anything that you just feel called to share with the audience in this moment right now, what would that yeah. Well, I want to, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on because the, the, the audience that I'm trying to reach are parents, it's mothers. Um, we are the protectors of not only our children, but others' children, right? Like I always told my daughter, if you ever get lost, you can't find, like you're lost. You're in a mall, Disney World, find a mom with kids. Mm-hmm. Find, don't go to the police, go to a mom with kids and she will help you. And so this is the audience I wanted to get in front of. And I would say this just my last message is like, this is such a dark subject. And I know that we like to focus on the happier moments and good things in lives. And that's what, what is easier and, and better to focus on truly. But if you can take a little time out of your day and do some research and learn about this enough so that you can talk to your kids so that you, you do open that dialogue more than just once so that they feel safe to come to you if they come across something because they will come across something that's strange. Have it be that they're coming to you and not their friends that are just as confused and just as lost. Um, and just keep that dialogue dialogue going because it starts, it starts at home. It, starts yeah. at home. it does. And I think even parents can feel lost sometimes, but now like hearing your voice, hearing your message, going to your podcast and, and reading all of the stuff that you're going to be putting out into the world, it is empowering and emboldening all of us so that we can be leaders for our children. Thank you. Our leaders for our children. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to the Motherhood to Unstress podcast. 
please remember to review and subscribe to this podcast.